You are listening to the Tricer Podcast, where we talk all things hunting, gear, and the great outdoors. Before we begin, let's start things out right and put God first. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Tricer, and I ask that you can use this podcast as a way to bring joy to all of our listeners. We lay Tricer and this podcast at your feet. Amen. All right, here's another episode of the Tricer Podcast. My guest today is Max Trezuto. Max is a California guy who I always want to show love to because we do like to kill stuff out here despite popular belief. And not only Max from California, he's also from the Bay Area. So he is in the heart of, I guess, what we would call anti-hunting. So Max just killed killed a buck and I was like, come on, tell a story. So Max, tell me about you. Who are you? Who's Max? Well, I was born down here in the Bay Area. Come from kind of a mixed background. My dad did a little construction and um, when he was growing up, but mainly pharmaceuticals. So we bounced around, I lived in Boston for a few years, and then lived up in Seattle for about 15 years. So I did a little hunting up there with my dad. And then, yeah, when I graduated school, I, I moved back down here and I got in the plumbers union in San Francisco. So I've been doing plumbing for about 10 years now and I've done a few guided hunts, but I've been wanting to get out there and do a public land hunt, even though, you know, there's so much negative stuff about it and success rate, I think it's, you know, 13 or 15% for, for black-tailed deer. So yeah, I was just really excited to check it out and did a lot of research and yeah i was able to be successful on the second day so pretty so stoked. tell me before we get too much into the deer story i want to hear the deer story i, I want to hear about because you're what tw- 30 years old now how old are you 36 36 okay you're 36 so you were hunting when you were a kid you just killed your first buck at 36 you used to yeah. go hunting with your dad with your dad when you were a kid you guys never yeah. killed a deer no so i don't want to blame my dad 100 percent. but so he grew <laughs> up in in burlingame and his dad was a war veteran and as a lot of world war ii veterans you know they went and took on to hunting in the 60s and 70s and so he took my dad out and a couple of his other siblings they used to hunt up in cloverdale which is about two hours north of san francisco and they had some family friends with some public land and or i'm sorry some private land and they were able to pretty much get a deer every year and then unfortunately that family connection was lost i think they sold the parcel of land so moving around a few different times mainly growing up in seattle my dad was pretty much just trying to get his ear to the ground and and talk around with locals and friends and trying to find some hunting spots up in Washington. And I know there's a lot of spots, but you know, I was probably 10 years old when we moved there and kind of just went out wherever my dad would take me. And there was some warehouser, the paper company had a bunch of clear cut land that public access and we could go up there and we hunted a lot, you know, probably five or six, seven times for deer. And then we did some black bear hunts and, you know, we saw a lot of sign, a lot of other hunters and pretty much it. So then. So a lot of uh, hiking, hiking with a gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is great. You know, my dad, real outdoorsman, taught me a lot of stuff. You know, it was a lot of fun growing up, going outside a lot. So, and he, all during this time, he would go on uh, guided hunts. Being from California, you know, not having a ton of success, he would go to these, I think it was like, I don't know if it was a gun show or trade shows that he would go to at the Cow Palace, uh, San Francisco. And he found out about, you know, outfitters and guides and they had all these different spots. And uh, he ended up going to Newfoundland, uh, Canada, um, four times. And all four times he got a bull moose. So I grew up eating uh, moose meat and uh, among other game you know he'd go and do an elk hunt in Colorado with a uh, cousin of his so yeah I got really hooked on game you know wild game meat and always liked the idea of going hunting but of course when we would go hunting it would always just be you know public land and 
not a lot of success. So when Are you I doing any started, sort of like like bird hunting at all too or no? Just just no, big game. No, I've never done any bird hunting. We've done like a little small game hunting, you know, like small little, you know, rabbit and stuff like that. And that's pretty much just opportunistic. But yeah, really no bird hunting. That my dad just doesn't he's not really into bird hunting. I've never owned a shotgun or anything until recently. I'm trying to get tapped into my my coworkers trying to get me take me out on some duck and maybe some upland bird hunts. But yeah, I don't have yeah, any guys, experience doing that stuff. You guys have some really good waterfowl hunting up there you're kind of right in that flyway and they've been staying yeah. up there so i mean there's some yeah. good hunting up there especially like sacramento valley i mean we've had that major drought going and that's just been killing everything all the rice fields and, and newsome kind of sucks when it comes to water so these guys are losing all their fields and that really stinks but there's some really good waterfowl up there man it, it, it's fun to do it's a great way to get out there and just have some fun and shoot stuff so yeah, i highly recommend going out and doing some waterfowl hunting or chasing some quail doing that kind of stuff it's yeah. just something's fun to do and it's not as much of a beating as like going out for a couple of days and not seeing a deer or not getting a deer like yeah. you don't really you don't stress out as much when you miss a duck you know because there's always another duck behind it generally right it's a really slow yeah. day so it's like oh i'll shoot the next one right you're it's more of like you're laughing when you miss and not crying so it's, yeah uh, it's uh <laughs> yeah, i'm definitely it's definitely used to crying yeah you're kind of doing it backwards from i think for most people most people kind of start out with like the small game and the birds and they go dude you're just like your family's just killing moose and elk and yeah. that's pretty cool that's really cool yeah all right. So yeah, I've you, always wanted to do the birds, uh, and I'm, I'm going to get out there. I actually have a couple connections, and uh, we're going to get out soon. I'm going to do a turkey hunt later this this fall, hope, and then yeah, I'll get out and do some duck hunting. And my dream is to do a pheasant hunt. And I just got a connection through my father-in-law. His friend is a member of a club up near Winter, somewhere up in the Chico area, and he's going to take me out. He's in a club, and he's got a 20 uh, bird card. So. I have a, a Benelli Ethos 12 gauge that I bought last year and I've uh, been shooting a lot of clay, a lot of trap shooting. I uh, bought a little electric thrower and uh, I'm just nailing them. So I think I think we'll, we'll, we'll do pretty well if we go out there. So I'm excited for that. So I've I've shot the clubs a few times for pheasant. You, you know how they do that? You ever heard about tumbling birds? The, yeah. So they're farmed birds, right? They're pen raised and then they basically so release they, them for you. Well, no, they tumble them and make them all dizzy or you, you spin them, right? Oh. You, you kind of <laughs> like, you, you spin them, know you know, and they get dizzy and then you tuck their head under their wing and you like put them under like you know if you if, you, if there's if they have like workers they'll put it out for you you know so you basically yep. walk up and half the time you got to kick the dang bird up and shoot them but it's a good time it's just like well, I don't know no shame in my game I mean it's, it's a fun time we were out there one time doing it and the dog That's kept picking up the. I mean it, maybe a little more wild than that I don't know I, yeah. this is my experiences right down here doing <laughs> the same kind of thing in San Diego sure. we did it a couple times where we, we they let us tumble them ourselves and we tumbled them too much so the dog would pick the bird up before it was shot <laughs> Before it even, so he just took the bird yeah, out. And we'd be like, ah, oh. no, he wouldn't kill yeah. it. We'd have to like grab it from him and then throw it in the air. And everybody would shoot it, you know. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, well, it's a good time. Who cares? Thing, you know, it's I'll a it's it. a good time. Who, who cares if it yeah. is? It's just like I said, bird hunting is fun, dude. I mean, it's like you're going out yeah. there. It's just like shooting trap or clays. You're shooting a club, like totally. they're going to yeah. shoot some of these. You know, it's who cares? It's a good time, man. No shame in my game. And pheasant tastes yeah, whatever, delicious, yeah. man. It's it's so good and just I mean, you all have a blast doing it. So it's not. Yeah, they're great and yeah they, they let them out and then a lot of times what we do down here is we'll hunt around the clubs and hunt the ditches and kick them out of ditches because sometimes you know they fly away they get missed you know then yep. they start around those clubs start working so we hunt down here like the imperial valley in the desert yeah, is where the pheasant is where the pheasant are we'll hunt around the clubs and we'll kick some dirt up uh, pheasants up out of the ditches cool. and i shot my first pheasant when i was probably like i don't know 11 or 12 or something and i wanted to shoot one so bad and uh, california you know the rules you can't shoot them till like i think it's like 7 30 or 8 a.m i can't remember what the, it's late 
later in the morning. You can't shoot them at sunrise. It's like 7 or 8 a.m. or something like that. And man, we hunted all day for these. We killed them. Limited on doves. My dad's friend who got me into hunting, he, he's the only one who took me out. He's, that's why I bird hunted for so long. I bird hunted for like 10 years before I ever picked up a rifle. And uh, he shot one, a pheasant, honestly, before shooting light, because I remember him telling me, don't tell anybody. I mean, I was 12 yeah. years old. <laughs> he shot this pheasant. And then so we ended up driving all over the Imperial Valley, and we just could not kick up a pheasant for me for the life of us. And we were going, re- getting ready to get back on the, the highway. And I swear to you, this rooster flew over the highway and landed in this dirt field and, in a, and bedded up in a tumbleweed and i was i mean I, I had to be 12 i walked up there and kicked that thing up and i put a full thing of 20 gauge in his butt man and just hammered him <laughs> and it was like i was just doing backflips and i was so happy i got that rooster yeah. i came home and i i plucked it myself and cooked him up and had cooked for my family you know it was my first like that's not a big game that was like my first like big animal right to eat yeah. right versus shooting doves you know and quail like shooting a big pheasant it's cool and they got the big old long yeah. tails on them so you, so you yeah, cut their beautiful. tails off and i I hang their tails up in my garage. I have like up on the wall up there yeah. until the dog gets them or something happens. But they're, yeah, they're, you're going to have a blast. That's cool. You're going to really enjoy yeah, that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. This guy's got two German short hairs too. So it's going to be, it's going to be cool, man. Yeah. Good, good dogs are the best. That's another thing yeah. too. Like there's like, there's people who have dogs and people have good dogs, right? So if he, if he's hunting all the time, he's got good dogs. That's awesome. And then you go out with somebody yeah. who doesn't have a good dog and the whole time they're just screaming, Buck, come here. Come here, Buck. Yeah. Buck, get back. <laughs> Buck, come. Buck, come. Buck, come. You know, I I've been out so much where you're just like, oh man. Yeah. Why'd why we bring I, this guy? Why we bring this dog? It's like, it's just charging, you know, and you go, with the, there's nothing better than hunting over a good dog, man. A good dog is just something, there's something beautiful about it, especially yeah. with those German short hairs, man. If they're pointing the birds and you're able to get up on them and, you know, shoe them up, it's just yeah. flush them. It's just, yeah, it's exciting. there's something majestic about that, man. It's really cool. So you're going to, you're going to have a blast the whole situation. Yeah. I, I you're going to love it. I'm stoked you're getting to do that. So yeah, me too, man. You, you shot, you've been hunting, seems like you've been hunting your whole life. Yep. Before we get into your buck you just shot you've killed like you've killed elk and bison and stuff or what, what else have you yeah, killed so, before then so, so tell me about that tell me deal. about what guide tell me about guided hunting what is that like for you so i grew up like i said i grew up my dad always going on these guided hunts so we always had a freezer full of just killer meat and these killer stories you know and one of these newfoundland guys that he used to get the moose from and they they had like jet helicopters and like it was like all you know they had this cool cabin and there's a chef and all this stuff it's like man it's like sounds awesome and you know i always ask my dad like you know maybe Maybe I could come on one of these, you know, and yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. And so, yeah, when I started doing this plumbing thing and started making some money and finally out on my own and I said, Hey pops, let's, let's get out on one of these guided hunts. You know, let's go, let's go do a moose hunt. And he goes, fuck, all right, let's do it. So we looked into it and my dad's not, you know, super savvy with the internet. So, and I didn't really know who to look through and, you know, just start Googling guide services and outfitters. And so he found the, I think the daughter of the original guide that he used to go with, who was retired at that time. So this lady has an outdoor service up in Newfoundland and we signed up, I think it was about 4,000 a piece plus, you know, a thousand in flights and then, you know, flying with air, on the airplane with rifles. It was a big ordeal. And you got on a series of smaller and smaller planes until eventually we're on this de Havilland Beaver float plane. We land into this little pond, you know, there's no roads, no cars, no ATVs, the small little cabin. And yeah, we get there and, you know, it's supposed to be a two on one, two by one guided hunt. So there's four of us we're supposed to have two guides and it turns out there's only one guide it's like okay this is kind of weird and they say oh no we're gonna bring more guides 
in. He ended up never having another guide. So the first day, there's four of us plus the guide traping through the forest, making all sorts of noise, probably scared all the moose away. And the second day, and from there on out, we said, hey, man, let's split up, you know, because this is ridiculous. So we ended up hunting real hard every day, six days from, you know, right before sun up to right after sundown. And, you know, we saw a couple couple cows the first day and some calves, no bulls. And then we had, I guess it was at the time, I think it was 2017, there was a, a big hurricane that just came through down south. And we it come, came all the way up the east coast, up into Canada. And it wasn't really a hurricane at the time, but it was a big rainstorm. And I think all the, the moose just kind of hunkered down. And the rest of the trip, we didn't see anything. So it was, it was really brutal, you know, going, spending all this money and having, you know, almost a guaranteed hunt and then ending up not getting one. So uh, we were kind of pissed about that. But, you know, I, I, we do also do realize it's hunting. So after that, my dad said, hey, you know, how about to make it up to you? We go on another hunt, but it's kind of more of a high fence kind of hunt. So we looked into this bison thing it was in North Dakota. It's called the Bison Ranch. Really great spot if you ever, ever want to check it out. I think it was about 3500 bucks. We went out there and fully outfitted and nice cabin and everything. My Just my pops and I having a good time, you know. And it was just a one-day hunt. We went out, dude's expedition, and he's got like a couple thousand acres and drove around for a while and found this herd of bison. And they're, I guess he buys them when they're small calves and then raises them up, but they're not fed with anything. They're, they eat traditional local native grass, you know, buffalo grass and everything. And uh, yeah, so that was my first real kill. Um, What'd you shoot that with? Bison. I used my dad's 300 Win Mag as a Browning A-Bolt. And yeah, they this guy, Kels, the guy that runs the spot, he is really adamant about getting a really instant clean kill because of the meat quality. And, you know, they're probably like his kids, right? So he wanted basically right behind the skull neck shot so that it's just real instant and got me into about 80 yards and I shot off the hood of this guy's truck basically and yeah it was just an instant kill and you know the scope just goes everywhere and I don't know what I'm trying to relocate him in the scope you know instead of just looking and I hear him go great shot you know and I look and finally just look and he's upside down with his legs twitching and it was a huge relief you know and we spent the whole next day processing it in in the guy's place he's got this beautiful processing center and ground it all and it was a really cool experience and not to mention just hanging with my pops you know the whole time and uh, yeah so that was it so what did you what did you guys did you make a rug out of it or anything yeah, yeah, I have a cool rug, and God, I forget how much meat there was, but it was over 300 pounds of boneless meat, and it was just incredible stuff, really, really good meat. It's not like the bison you get at the store, which is farm-raised, and just like a cow, basically, they got hormones, and yeah. they feed them, you know, whatever, grain and stuff. Yeah. These are, you know, a little more wild, I guess, but I didn't really yeah, have the idea that it wasn't a fair chase hunt, you know, and it was great, you know, it was first, a great first time for something big game, and the meat was great, and the rug's cool, and I got the Euro Mount Skull in the fireplace so it's really cool but i told him i said hey man i want to do a fair chase i want to do real a real hunt so the next hunt we did was uh cow elk guided cow elk in uh, eastern oregon and that was a successful hunt we both got cows and that was a really cool really cool experience that's awesome so for one like i tell people all the time when they're getting into like big game hunting like go on a guided hunt go do one of those high fence hunts just to get like you need to start getting some like kills under your belt right yeah and like understand you're gonna be with the guide and you're to learn how to, to I mean, even though it's a freaking bison you're gonna learn how to to gut an animal or process an animal how to pull yeah. a front hind front shoulder off pull a hind quarter off learn where the the ball joint is in that hind quarter you know what i mean like there's stuff you're gonna yeah. learn doing that yeah. and it's i tell people all the time in california just to go on a pig hunt so totally. we have we have pigs we have pigs down here and i'll say go on a guided pig hunt and just get out there and get the experience you know what i mean and, yeah. and then there's there's no shame in it man it's I, I, honestly i kind of want to get no. the number of the guy you did the bison with because oh, happy, uh, happy my father 
Mary is a great experience. My, my, yeah, I want to get my father-in-law. He's he's. We're going cow elk hunting next week, public land DIY, doing the whole right. wall tent, the whole nine of the boys. It's gonna be awesome. But man, I I've been. He wants to kill a bison, and honestly, him his chances of ever drawing that tag is pretty much impossible. It's, yeah, it's a real hard tag to draw. But if too. we could go and do go to that hunt with him, I think it'd be great to go out there and do it. He's seventy-three years old. Go out there and yeah. shoot a bison and have oh, that meat and just have that, the experience yeah. and, and sit. You yeah. know, you get to you're still sitting in you're still in the cabin. You're still hanging out with you know like-minded yeah. people, and it's a good yeah. time. That's a great experience, and it'd be fun to get him out there to do that. Yeah. So yeah, after yeah. yeah, I'm planning on running him into the ground on this elk hunt. So we're, we're gonna have a good time. I was yeah. just on Xing spots. And I'm like, okay, this spot we can drive all the way up to the top and camp. Now we're gonna have to hike up a thousand foot. So, but I'm still gonna be. It's gonna be anytime you're doing public land, even if it's cows. I mean, it's gonna be a lot of work for him, and it's it's gonna be fun. Yeah. But yeah, those bison hunts. That's a good time, man. I, I'm stoked you got to do that. So you guys killed yeah, some cows. On, yeah, yep. I'll have to get the number yeah. from you for that guy. So yeah, you guys killed cow some cow elk. Like Twenty five. Yeah, the cow elk was. I think it was about twenty five hundred bucks. We're actually going back at the end of next the end of October for a bull elk for the second rifle season, which I guess is a post rut hunt. So I'm really excited for that. And we didn't want to spend all the money after, especially after our Newfoundland experience um, until we kind of saw the operation. So we figured, well, let's do cows first. We'll see what kind of guys these are, what kind of land it is. It's a hundred thousand acres of private land. And man, it's like all these guys work so hard to help you. And, you know, it's just a great place. Not to mention there's just hundreds of elk running around and they just know where they're at. You know, they, they know their habits. They've been doing it for 30 years. They also do mule deer, like apparently like trophy, you know, 200 plus inch mule deer hunts, which are like crazy money, like $20,000 hunts. Guys yeah, hunts have um, gone through the roof lately. So every hunt. Yeah. When you were saying, oh, four or five grand from Newfoundland, I'm like, oh, that's cheap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, things have just gone. It goes up a thousand bucks every yeah, couple of years. Even, you know? even six is, even six is cheap compared to what things are right yeah. now. Um, yeah. I'm trying to put five kids through school right now. So I, I don't do many of these two, two guided hunts too much. So, but yeah, well, a good time, man. It's, it's great to go. Public hunts, no reason to do it, you know. Yeah, we kill stuff sometimes, but uh, a lot of times you don't. But it's, yeah. it's great to go out and do I it and get do. that experience. There's no shame in going out there and learning, especially going out and chasing elk. Like, there's such a learning curve to figuring those things out. And you could be with oh, a yeah. guy who's killing 20 or 30 of them a season, right? You know, an operation like that where you're you're, you're going to be learning a lot, you know, a lot oh, more yeah. than you are yeah. by going out on your own. And you're living in San Francisco, so I guess you have some elk kind of near you, but you're not going to draw that yeah. tag maybe once in your yeah. life. So you get to go out and go out and do this guided yeah. hunt and you're going to get that experience you're going to learn about it and then you know next year you can go get that get a diy public land colorado over the counter tag and then go yeah. you know get your yeah, butt that's, kicked that's and chase public land bulls for sure yeah definitely learn it all right so tell me so now you are a public land diy hunter because you just killed your first buck and you shot it with yeah. a rifle or bow rifle rifle yeah rifle it's shot rifle the rifle. You're, you're hunting yeah. you're hunting yeah you're hunting a zone yeah Yes. A zone. So California has like zones. So like I'm in D16 down here in San Diego. There's like 17 X9A, but there's one zone called the A zone. And it's like basically from LA or Ventura all the way up to like NorCal, yeah. this big giant yeah. zone. And it's a super long season, not a high success rate. A lot of the successes are on private land. There are some good bucks on private land yeah. in these big, big ranches, but it's not a high success rate hunt, but you, you found a way. So tell me about that. What did that look like for you? Yeah. So I mean, I knew from the beginning that the public land hunt just in general is going to be tough, especially A-Zone. A-Zone, I mean, most of the hunters that I talk to around here, they're saying, I don't even buy A-Zone tags. Too hot. You know, California mismanages the seasons too early, blah, blah, blah. And definitely a lot of it is very true. 
true, but it's, you know, people say it's, it's impossible and it's obviously not because most of my experience is either unsuccess- unsuccessful public land hunts where we didn't even get close, you know, and uh, guided, which obviously I can't take any credit for finding the animals because we're just, you know, following the guides. So all this was by myself. You know, I, I did a little research online, a lot of Onyx, a lot of satellite images, and it was really cool to just kind of look at some land and just say, well, I feel like they would probably hang out in this area and then actually have that be true, you know, because it's kind of just, you're just guessing really. So yeah, so I went and bought my tag and the guy at Sportsman's Warehouse is going to Azone. You're buying an Azone tag? He goes, oh, private land? I said, no, public. And he starts laughing. Oh, well, good luck, you know, basically like there's no way. And so did some research, found a couple of different spots. I wanted to do a backpack hunt. So a buddy of mine who's also kind of new to the hunting public land scene, he's actually new to hunting altogether. We decided to do it together. And I heard from somebody to check out this place called the Cache Creek Wilderness Area. And it was like, you know, two miles off the road, start looking for camping spots. There's a nice trail there. So we went in the day before opening day and we camped. And then the morning of opening day, we got in position where we thought was going to be a nice glassing knob. And of course, there's 10 other headlamps there. And it's like ridiculous. And I think we had a good spot. Great. Because some guy must have just swooped in right underneath us. We heard the, the bushes rustling right underneath us where we were looking at the bottom of the canyon. And we're like, man, what's that down there? And uh, all of a sudden, we heard a shot go off and the guys down there dressing the deer that, you know, we might have been able to take a look at. So it was annoying and it was really hot. So we just said, man, it's like 9am and it's already 90 degrees. Like maybe we should just get out of here. So we packed up, hiked out of there. I've never had a 50 pound pack on my back, but it was pretty brutal. Um, plus the weather, plus everything, you know, there was some water there, but we would have had to hike another three miles away from the car to get to the water and then filter it. And, you know, people are saying, oh, there's mercury in this creek and maybe you don't want to drink it. And I'm not really familiar with for filters and stuff like that. So I'm saying, well, maybe we should just bounce. So we took off and that was it. We had about, you know, four or five hours of hunting. And then a couple of weeks later, my buddy, the same so buddy. So real said, quick, well, on, on, the, on the water thing, yeah. um, something we do down here is we pack in gallons of water. So we'll pack yeah. in, I don't know how legal it has. I mean, I don't think probably not legal because it's whatever littering, I guess, but I'll pack in like six gallons of water and I'll stash it in like some rocks. And then I'll pin it so it's there. Oh, um, yeah, like before. So then, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, before before season. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, people do it all the time. So you'll pack it in and you'll yeah. store it like under some bushes or up in a yeah. under in a rock pile. Then you have water. Then you have water in there if you don't want to filter. That's or, really smart. A lot of times, yeah, the reason, really the reason, a lot of time reason we're doing that is because we're hiking up, so the water's down below. So yeah. like you just it's so you're hiking up and it's it sucks. I mean, you carry in if you carry in three gallons, that's twenty four pounds right there, right, or something like that, twenty six pounds. Yeah, it's um, eight point three pounds so, per gallon. Yeah, so you just carry that in and you know do that a couple times scouting and just pin it and leave it there. You know, then you have that water there and it's bailed me out a couple times where yeah. I've been out hunting. And like we ran out of water, it's like oh, I got a stash over here. We'll go grab grab a couple gallons, yeah. and you got water. You know, uh, and on the filter stuff, if, if we had more yeah. water, yeah, on the filter stuff, I um I have like an MSR pump that I like. I always have in my pack. I always have the tablets, no matter what. Because sometimes I'm just lazy and I just want to throw some water in there and throw some tablets in. Yeah, no matter what, and it's just like just in case something breaks. But I've really been liking the gravity filters. So they have like yeah. a, like a Kedden one, but I have one. It's an MSR, and I use like I use the drum light bags. So I have like six liter drum light bags. 
bags, two of those and one four liter MSR. And you have uh, you put 10 liters of water in this thing, hang it up and it filters the water for you. And you just, then you have six liters of water right there, right? So you're probably going to drink. Yeah. Typically, I'm going to go through at least three liters of water in a day, especially when it's that hot. So it's yeah. it's nice. And you just set the thing up, especially if you're near water or camping near water, you set it up and lay back. And about 15 yeah. minutes later, your thing's full or 10 minutes later, it's full. So check out those, the drama light bags for, yeah. for that. And they even make like, I'm using like a cheaper filter. They even make like a more expensive filter. It's like 200 bucks. It, it's does more takes more stuff out of it but i don't know i've never gotten sick using the one that i got and it was like i think the whole system's like 180 but if you buy the special filter it might be another 100 bucks or something to get the, the custom yeah, well it's worth it to have peace of mind too you know yeah yeah i mean i've drinking some pretty nasty water i mean i you know i've drinking out of drinkers and some pretty gross yeah. stuff but i don't know I, everyone has their limits and i don't know mine's are, well, my standards thirsty, are pretty low you know? yeah, my standards are pretty low i mean i filter it but it's like oh it is really hard like especially in your elk hunt and you know you got things pissing and you know water and water and you're trying to and that's pretty gross uh, so it's uh, it's definitely there's yeah. some downsides to, to filtering water sometimes but uh, yeah i find those those msr gravity filters really awesome all right so you pack out yeah we bailed out and then so when we first looked at spots there was two different spots that i found online and the original spot was actually the spot that i ended up getting my buck so we had two different options and the first option was in the mendocino national forest and after talking around with some people i found out that it's like dude you're going to get in there there's going to be trucks all over the place atvs dirt bikes not a good backpacking place because you're going to backpack in three four miles and then all of a sudden some guy on a dirt bike's just going to pull up past you you know so that's when i heard about the cash creek wilderness area which is where we had our bad experience you know so after that my buddy said well i'm going to go back to that other area and see how that is you know and we won't have to backpack i'll just park my truck and maybe hunt a couple miles out of there and you know so so be it so he ended up getting his buck first buck his first year of hunting ever i think he's pretty comfortable with guns but he's never hunted before and self-taught all youtube and you know online stuff give him a lot of credit and he got a nice little three by two looks like a two by two just like mine but the one of the antlers just has a tiny little extra tine on it so yeah so he got one so i go man i better check that area out because that's kind of the first spot that i was looking at and everyone told me not to go there but maybe it is a good area he said he saw all sorts of does and said he saw a couple different bucks way out there and so i said i'll just go and uh, yeah i ended up going by myself just kind of looked at satellite imagery and I set a pin on Onyx. I did the offline offline maps thing, and I set a pin basically on this forest road right where it becomes National Forest Land. Because before that, there's little spots that are kind of private, and I didn't want to I didn't want to mess with that, uh, especially if I don't have any service. I didn't want to be looking around at maps, so I made my mark and drove up there. And uh, it's kind of embarrassing that I I sold my F one fifty last year, so I've been driving commuting my wife's BMW three series, and I brought that. I ended up putting a, a buck in the trunk of that so (laughs) that's awesome uh, it's pretty funny so i'm driving up the gravel roads about seven miles up and going real slow and man before the sun was even up i already saw uh, a doe jump across the road right in front of me and i'm like okay cool this looks like a good land and there's a big sign saying that there was a burn here last year and i'm like okay this is this is promising and i get up to the top of the ridge line and uh, the sun's just barely starting to come up so i park my car and start walking down the road checked a couple different spots out and i said no let me check out this little ridge right here sat down just sat on this ridge basically in the shade sun behind me and uh, just waiting for the sun to kind of reach the other hillside in front of me and i was there for about two hours a lot of glassing love the tripod the ad by the way lp panhead that's a killer tripod awesome. super light the last time when I, I forgot to mention when i did that backpacking hunt i had never had a tripod glassing before and after watching meat eater and 
and you know all this stuff like man it, i think a tripod would be cool to have so i brought my like photography manfrotto tripod it's probably you know seven pounds and i didn't see any deer but i love glassing with it because you could just set it still and just stare at a spot you know and, and really analyze every little area so that's when i decided to get a nice tripod and yeah i spent two three hours just glassing up a ton of deer i didn't see any bugs but i saw an- at least another four does and two uh fawns and they're all just feeding and it was just great i'm saying man this area is really good and then it was around 9 a.m sun finally got on me i couldn't get a decent spot that was gonna have shade all day so the sun got on me and started getting real hot it was i think it was 95 that day and it was probably already 80 so i said well let me just pack up and go and find another spot maybe start heading back towards the car because at this point i was probably two two and a half miles from the car and yeah so i said i'll start heading back towards the car and look for a nice shady spot and maybe i'll do some glassing and look for some bedded bucks because i figured right now they're probably not moving around anymore it's you know it's nine it's almost 10 a.m probably gonna start bedding down it's pretty hot so i found a um, nice little top of ridge line with a big tree and i sat underneath it i had this little folding chair that i set up kind of like the one that i saw you using it's the old little rei chair that my wife gave me and uh, yeah so i'm glassing glassing and i don't see anything i say well i'll just drink some water and chill because i'm kind of hot and start eating my peanut butter jelly sandwich and i'm looking straight down at this at this hill that has all the shaded trees on it and i'm not seeing anything and i'm eating and then all of a sudden i hear about 15 feet directly to my right which is an area that i was not even thinking about because the wind was going right in that direction and not to mention there was no shade there so i figured well i'll just look this way and all of a sudden i heard stick break and i turned my head and literally 15 feet from me there's this little buck just staring at me and we had a little stare down for probably at least a minute you know and it felt like an hour and i figured dude i can't move if i move this buck's gonna spook he's gonna run i can't reach for my rifle i got my freaking peanut butter jelly sandwich with one hand and i'm staring at my phone and my other hand <laughs> and uh, i'm like man you screwed up you know you're gonna there's no way you're gonna get this buck and then all of a sudden he let out this crazy like barking sound jumped up he ran just started running so i dropped everything grabbed my rifle and as soon as i put it to my shoulder i chambered around because i never hunt with the chambered round chambered around and put it to my shoulder and as soon as the scope hits my eye it's already right on this guy's shoulder and he's literally stopped and turned broadside and i just squeezed one off right behind the shoulder i have a 300 wind mag it's a big game rifle i don't have a deer rifle way too much rifle for this small little deer i just destroyed his ribs but yeah he went right down and i went over there and found him and he's just sitting there and yeah that's kind of when you realize like you're totally alone and you better you know gut this animal out and do it all correctly and i've never done it before by myself you know i've always helped my dad or helped guides think you kind of know what you're doing until you're totally by yourself and then yeah so i figured it out you know and cut it out tried to get it in the shade as soon as possible and i had to drag it about 250 yards up to the road and it was through this real thick sagebrush and buck brush and and it was brutal it was really hot i couldn't find any shade and i was dragging it around 50 feet at a time and had to stop and take a break and drink water and feel like i'm gonna get heat stroke and i'm starting to get worried you know like i don't know if i can get this guy up to the road and i've been seeing trucks drive by all day of course thinking take the easy way out and maybe if i see a truck maybe have somebody help me i didn't see any trucks and ended up ended up just dragging him up finally got him up there and man i swear i was pretty close to getting some heat stroke it was just so hot and i'm just not used to hunting in, in hot weather you know all these hunts that i've been on before in washington state you know it's usually cold wet so I mean, it's 100 degrees and you're wearing all this gear you know and i got really good merino gear but it's still you know it's hot and I finally drag him up to the road and then i gotta go get my car that's like at least a mile down the road and i start walking and I'm starting to get real hot and i had to take a couple breaks in the shade drink water and then yeah i finally got to my car drove it back and had to lug him up into the trunk which was pretty tough and then your uh, wife's car yeah 
I mean, it's mine now. He's still, he's still, he's still hide on. He's still, he still has a yeah. cape on, yeah. Yeah. So okay. all I did was gut. All I did was gut him, and uh, I wanted to drag him, so I didn't want to take the hide off or anything. Even though I know that it would help drop temperatures quick on the meat. I figured if I had him in the trunk of the car, um, I had a big cooler with a couple really big ice bags, uh, ice bags in the trunk. So I figured if I had him in the trunk with the ice bags in the cavity, you know, in less than an hour, it'd, it'd be okay. As long as I got the guts out real quick, that was my main concern because that drops the temperature quick and uh i haven't received the meat yet but i i don't think that there's going to be any spoilage but it was a concern yeah no it was a concern you know especially being by myself and worrying about heat stroke and all this and that and it was it was pretty intense Uh, a lot of work hard work you you gotta look into going doing the gutless method and then yeah i I can go gutless and get a deer apart in like 20 minutes now it's pretty quick man you just right behind the skull skull cap and i just run that knife right down all the way down the back peel it start peeling that thing back you know get the do one side of the deer pull the pull the back straps front quarter rear quarter any of the flank meat i want to get the neck meat and then flip that sucker over next side and then just throw it in game bags and bring them out and i mean on the big hunts when we're out there real deep we'll just go boneless so we'll pull it off the bone too but when it's that hot i've taken out bone in just getting it out of there as soon as i can getting yeah, it back to quick, ice like yeah. you're like you're saying yeah. yeah but even then i mean there's even dragging a deer it sucks but packing a deer yeah. sucks too i mean when you're it's 100 degrees i yeah. mean no matter what you do Everything you're dragging it or everything sucks it's part of the experience right just go out there and do it and i don't think that 300 women don't let anybody tell you it's too much rifle for a deer that's a that's a beautiful deer car- cartridge man i mean you can't you, you can't kill them too dead you can't kill them too yeah, dead. I and, lost, and like i, I mean, lost my, a lot of meat in the ribs i lost a lot that of wasn't that ribs, wasn't that wasn't because it was 300 wind there's not much it wasn't because anyway, it's 300 wind mag it wasn't because it was 300 rib mag wind mag though i mean my kids shoot 308 it's the same bullet you know what i mean it's not yeah. like you're gonna get it's not yeah you know what what are you shooting a copper like a ttsx out of it TTS TSX 180 and I I would like to have some some 150s or 160s but I just none of them group well in my rifle and the only thing that groups well is yeah. the 180s and I shot a quarter yeah, inch that's, group that's, factory ammo so yeah that's it that is I mean it wasn't the bullet it's just where you hit them you know I mean you shoot yeah. them with a 260 or you know a 65 cream more in the wrong spot same thing's gonna happen you yeah. can't kill them too dead like my kids shoot that's a 168 TTSX my kids shoot the 168 TTSX which is like at a 308 so it's like one one step down from that bullet and it's not going as fast but i mean it, it just kills them you know it's a great it's, it's a great cartridge don't, anybody, yeah. don't, let, don't talk yourself into going to buy a cream or a, you know you need a small right you have a rifle that works use it and yeah. kill stuff and then go on more go on more hunts i tell people all the time like just take what you got and go on more hunts don't don't let people you know dupe you into thinking you need to change it up 300 women yeah. is an incredible I deer money anyway i spent so much money just building this yeah. rifle up you know yeah buy buy freaking binoculars buy some better binoculars you know what i mean like 300 yeah. mag is a great great rifle man it really is so that's awesome is, dude yeah. so you got your you got your first your first public land deer 36 years old yep. a zone which is awesome and that's rad dude thanks for sharing the story i'm, I'm stoked I, i'm, I'm not biased on this i mean like i had a guy on yesterday and he shot a 200 inch buck and i have you on and you shot your first buck like i, I just like hunting stories you know what yeah. i mean like that's what I, that's what i want to hear my kid was on talking about his spike that he shot you know so it's it's just hunting stories man we're all there doing it and any deer you get on public land especially in california man that's a trophy and you you put the effort in you put you know the work in figured it yeah. out you got where they were and uh, you got it done you put it in your mo- wife's freaking beamer which is a sick story in itself that's awesome <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I had awesome. a bunch of blood yeah, pulled, dripping down the trunk. You should have went to the. You should have went to like the car washer, wash the blood out of your trunk, and just look at people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, there's blood in here. You know, driving down the road, people were probably freaking out. Um, yeah. Cool, dude. Where do you want? Do you want anybody to find you? Are you public on Instagram or anything? Or no? Yeah, yeah. I'm on. Actually, I'm not public. I'm private. But yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm just. I don't What's know. You? I don't have a reason for being private, but I just how it is. Uh, oh, if you want there's me no to follow you or no? Me, I don't. I don't have any. There's good, no reason uh, to follow material on there i actually don't i don't put any hunting kill stuff on my social media because i'm in the bay area dude and you know most of my friends and family and you know i don't want to make anybody angry and you know you know how people are you're not going to change anybody's mind so i got my yeah, buddies my that perspective, I share stuff with and you know yeah i get it man my perspective with a lot of stuff is like they're going to shove their stuff down your throats and i'm not going to be ashamed of what i do you know going out hunting and i'm not going to be like like my sister-in-law i love her to death she's gonna come on the podcast but she's a bleeding bleeding liberal environmental scientist vegetarian i'm not sending her like gripping grins right like hey check out yeah. what i killed i'm not going to do that sure. right? i'm not going to force it down her throat but i'm going to share my stuff and talk about it because it's what i do and no shame and going out there and putting meat on the table yeah. for your family you have kids you have kids too or no i do yeah a year and a half year old my first so you're so you're feeding your kid the deer you shot and that's that's beautiful man there's no shame in that good for yeah. you yeah i want to grow you. up game meat and you know being comfortable with it it's so funny how people are you know vegetarians vegans you don't you can't really there's not much you could say to them because most of the people that talk crap about hunting you know they're eating meat they're buying meat at the store yeah but somehow yeah. they don't see that it's any you know they see that it's way worse that you're killing the animal yourself and you know whatever i i just like to just do my own thing and i'm, I'm so sick of having arguments with the brick wall you know what i mean so I just do my own thing and, and you know, I, I have my own community and friends that support what I do and that's all I need, you know. I don't do it for anyone else besides me. But the the whole public land thing and I just wanted to do it just because I've done all these guided hunts and stuff and, you know, I hear a lot of stuff from other guys. You know, they roll their eyes when they hear about guided hunt and stuff. You know, they, they feel that it takes all the skill out of it. Anyone can go and do it and I, I kind of was starting to think like, man, maybe I should just see if I could do this by myself, you know, and, and prove it to myself. Like, you know, I am a good hunter so, and that's, that's kind of why I did it and it feels really good i'm really proud it's a tiny little two by two i just boiled it yesterday and hung it my wife let me hang it in the laundry room so pretty excited <laughs> about that i'm pretty proud of that little guy man that's awesome so you know that you know that the rule for pre hanging mounts with your wife no so you always start with like I'm going to put this over our bed. And then okay. you always start like, you down. always start straight. Yeah. Like if you start with like, nice. Oh, what do you think about like, no, like start with over the bed and then you'll get the fireplace. You know what I mean? Like you always start with like something extreme. Like, yeah. Oh man, I'm putting oh, this in the smart. kitchen. This is like great. This is like great in the kitchen. And then, then that's you start compromising smart. from there. You know, it's like any kind of negotiations. You always start on like extreme end of it, but yeah. yeah. Man, and no shame of freaking going on guided hunts. Dude, that's awesome. You're doing that, man. Screw that. Those guys are buying their meat down at freaking Albertsons in the grocery store, you know, and you're out there hunting and getting animals and, you know, putting in the freezer for yeah. your family don't let anybody put you to shame for that that's awesome man yeah no you know, guys need to make a living anyways this, it was basically just for myself you know my own reasons now that i've done this i, I want to go on some more guided hunts and i have no guilt about it you know i just i wanted to prove it to myself that i you know it wasn't because of anyone else that i was getting these animals you know this this one i did it all by myself in a spot that you know, nobody can get deer quote unquote you know and real low success rate and blah 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 but uh, you know i went and got it done i mean the guy came out of the bushes i don't know if the peanut butter sandwich brought him in or what but uh, whatever it was, you know, it was, it was due to me and uh, nobody else. So Yeah. Well, good for you, dude. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Nice to meet you. Thank you for listening to the Tricer Podcast. Do us a favor and like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. 
Give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Tricer USA. And go and check out all of our innovative gear at www.tricerusa.com. Until next time, shoot straight, have fun, and always put God first.